0: hey guys um before we begin i just want to say thank you for being here and listening watching on youtube or listening to a podcast uh if you enjoy the show coffee with mirko uh please subscribe or like or share this uh, live stream it would mean the world to me so thank you let's get started hey guys um another episode here uh coffee with mirko um can't wait to get uh Mr. Henny on and uh, get get the ball rolling. So, yeah, that's that's a story. Uh, big shout out to Sub Zero Coffee. Uh, Kirk, we're gonna see this guy uh, tomorrow. Uh, Costa Rodrigo, I'm um, Bill from Indonesia. Love Indonesian fan base. Coffee manager, and here is Barista Hani. Let's see if the connection works because it's always. Yo! So Barry. How are you? Fantastic. I love the. Oh, man. That's a dope jumper. Fuck yeah.
1: The local Canberra brand. Uh, one of my really good friends uh, made this Big jumper. shout out. Yeah, yeah man. Cool. Yeah, yeah. That looks, looks that, looks, that looks dope. How are you doing, man? Yeah, really good, man. Been really busy um, just working heaps and, uh, yeah, just trying to, you know, enjoy and take the best opportunity to, uh, just have fun during this time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> how about yourself? <laughs> yeah, pretty good, man. I think, uh, uh, it's been a, it's been a very interesting
0: few weeks that nobody, you know, nobody was trained up for, but just as we start a new job, like, a a waiter or a barista we were not born to be in coffee but we just learn and we ride the wave until we just managed to to get through the other side i think that it's been a granted health and you know a minimum of finance for essentials i think it's actually quite a good good time to self reflect and do our inner journey and you know drill you know self growth and all of it but um nah, but you know it's been good but right. hey the show is also about you now. You got those mad girls and a mad jumper. I need to start lifting up my my game. I yeah, <laughs> gotta step it up. I gotta step it up. Um, so I guess yeah. the people gonna watch and rewatch and relisten. Um, usually I start off by ask what's what's been your journey to get to where you are? Your coffee. What's your coffee story? That's a
1: good question. My coffee story. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn. I think uh, so. I'm I'm 23 now. So when I was 11 years old, uh, I always really wanted to buy a bike. Um, so my family were not um, wanting to buy a bike for me. So they said, if you want a bike, you got to work for it. Obviously, you're not allowed to be working uh, at 11 years old. So I. Um, somehow managed to, I went to the a family friends restaurant and I asked if I could uh, um, just do anything for money. So I used to wash dishes and uh, like uh, peel vegetables uh, for $10 an hour when I was uh, 11 years old um, and not nice. until I was about, yeah. So I did that for like two years and then I decided that I wanted to upgrade. So I uh, became a cook. And I used to say when I was like 14, 15, 16, I used to make like zucchini balls, uh, boric falafels uh, and like hummus dip and kind of lots of just Turkish food. So it was a Turkish restaurant. Um, so I would just be doing that in cleaning fridges and uh, floors and dishes as a, as a job. And then again, I think when I was 15, I decided I wanted to upgrade again. Um, So I decided that I would like to learn how to serve people on the floor and make soft drinks in the bar. So I was making soft drinks and serving, you know, um, just bottled alcohol and stuff. So still pretty young here. Um, And then, yeah, that's when I first got exposed to coffee being in the bar. Um, We used to make like one or two coffees a night and I remember I used to get our I didn't really know I liked coffee then, but I used to get really excited when the coffee order would come through because I'd get to watch and learn how to make the coffee. So I think, like me as a person, I just really loved learning how to do things I don't know how to do. So the barista I was working with there, his name was Dom, and um, he could do latte art. And I was so fascinated by the fact that he could do latte art, which is pretty crazy. Um, And that was probably what, like, Before latte art was normal as well. Like this is someone who's, I don't even, there was no videos on how to do latte art. There was no nothing, you know, like it was pretty fresh. Um, And I remember just trying so hard to learn how to make milk. And he taught me pretty much, and I haven't changed the way I make milk even today. The way he taught me is still the same way I do it now. Um, And then, yeah, so after that, I was about to finish school and... I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life still, 17 years old, uh, about to, you know, parents pressuring to go to uni, not to, didn't really want to do anything, usually was doing, working as a casual at that uh, restaurant most nights, making, and then I eventually obviously learned how to make coffee there, they didn't weigh coffee or anything, it was using a very dark Italian roast, I didn't taste coffee or anything like that. Yeah, eventually ended up managing that uh, place Um, when I was 17 out of school. So that's when I learned a lot of my management skills. All the people I was working with were like five, six years plus on me. So it was very strange when they had to, I was looking after the shop. That was a really good thing for me to learn. And then, yeah, you hit that point. I think I was like 18 and I was like, damn, this isn't it, you know, like I can't be doing this forever. And I wanted to open my own shop. And my favorite shop in Canberra is The Cupping Room. Um, Very popular in Canberra and Australia. Um, Still think one of the best cafes I know. I wanted to know how Cupping Room worked. So I knew someone who worked there and I asked if there was a chance I could, you know, start to work like one day a week. So I was working five days at my old uh, managing and then one day uh, at Cupping Room to learn how everything works. And then that's when something really strange happened. So I went when I went there, I got served a coffee that I was told it was gonna taste like blueberries, uh, the seasonal milk blend at the time. And funnily enough, it tastes like blueberries. So this really grabbed my attention. Um, and I was just like, how the hell is this real? I want to know more. Um, and I got invited to a cupping session the following night. So I went to the cupping session. And I got offered, you know, the job through the cupping session. So I went there first before I got the job. And then I tasted the coffee and I said, what the hell? Then they sent me to the cupping session. And in the cupping session, I remember just kind of like going, oh, this one's fruity. This one's this. Like I had no palate, obviously, at that point. Um, I didn't like, I didn't really like black coffee or anything like that. It's something that uh, over time just uh, became a thing. And I just remember, yeah, so Yanina, who's the current uh, Brewers champ. She was the head brewster at the time. Um, and she offered me a position to work one day a week making cold drinks. And then basically from there, worked there, learned everything, probably dragging along. Learned everything here,
0: nah, I wanted good.
1: more, so I wanted to be a HB, head barista. Um But there was no room at Cupping Room, so I got heard that there was a new shop called High Road Opening, which obviously everyone, thinks, everyone knows now. Um, so that was like a year away. And I went overseas uh, to Thailand for a month to see a friend. And then I came back and was a head barista, like uh, working under Gus Mackey to become a head barista in the uh, Onomanica, which is the other flagship store. Um, Now, then I I moved to High Road. So that's kind of how I got here.
0: (laughs) Fuck. That's super. Like, you are the lemon stand hustler of hospitality.
1: Yeah. Just, I just thought I'd go to the hardest place possible and try and learn um, I guess and and make I guess the the real question is did you actually
0: end up getting a bike or you forgot about the
1: bike? I definitely got the bike. Um <laughs> when I was a cut young we definitely got yeah. That bike uh, I that bike got me hurt really badly. I used to ride like a uh, the skate park bike, you know, used to ride a bike the skate park.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a I think it's the first time I've ever met someone that stuck with Ospo from such a illegally young age. Um
1: it's, I wasn't on the books until I went to cupping room. I didn't even I didn't even know what books were.
0: Man I mean I I mean we I think you and I can very much very well argue that 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 was the best cool that you could have possibly attended. Um, you know, I'm assuming that your background could be, you know, obviously if you worked in a Turkey restaurant, perhaps, is that your background or? Um, I'm
1: actually Egyptian, so. Half Egyptian, Egyptian
0: uh, right. Uh, so, but you know, you know, it's like the pressure from coming from a cultural family background, which is like, you know, we did this, this and that, we crossed the oceans to come here. You know, to give you a good life and go to university, get a job as a an accountant, as a dentist, as a doctor, which is okay. It's there's nothing wrong. It's just a, a different mentality, and you know there was that struggle, of course, and and we respect that. But for you to be stucking up, staying up, and say, you know what? Now nah, I want to, I want my bike first, and then the concept of learning. You know, I think it's it's fantastic the resilience that you've had, and you such a young age, already now winning uh, Brewers' Cups competitions and competing already and working for an amazing team, which is high ground. Um, But in terms of that, like, what was probably your, uh, you know, like, a significant experience? It was probably that cupping night. Probably that was a a huge turning point. Mm,
1: I think um, definitely a huge turning point into – Obviously, I have this page that has a reasonable amount of following. I made this page before I was at Cupping Room. Um, and the whole concept of making this page was to learn how to do Lattea. Um, so I used to follow Shinsaku and uh, this uh, Dongsu, who is, uh, what's his name, Barista? Barista Aaron chin so they yes. are really popular, um, and I used to just basically, you know, this is how I even tell people, you know, if they don't want to pay to learn how to learn Latte art, they uh, just mm. record yourself and then put it next to the video you want to. Oh, it's actually the first person that shared my Brewster Honey page in back in like 2015. And he was like, everyone follow my friends. So yeah, you know, I'll, I'll pop that on the chin. Oh, yeah, well, wow. <laughs> that was that was kind of the journey there. But I think the most pivotal point actually was, um, I think there was a point at High Road where I thought, you know, like the novelty, the novelty of um, kind of being a head barista and having the team and having all these things was really great. But I needed more. And I wasn't sure. And that's kind of, I had someone, you know, Gus Mackey really actually kind of pulled me up and was like, man, what are you doing? Is this really you? And kind of really tried to get deep with me and um, helped me understand my place in the industry, but also, you know, my voice and understand how what I say and what I do can really like influence and change change what people do or how people do things, you know? I think 100%. one of my favorite kind of um, accomplishments, like, cause I'm not too sure if you know actually, but I'm not in High Road anymore. So I actually am the accounts manager of honor. But um, previous to that, I had one, when I started my team at High Road, I had the same team for two years. I lost one staff member who works in Project Origin now. So that person didn't even really leave the company. So I was really proud of being at, like I have a really, I think. One of my strengths is team morale and culture, and getting everyone like a, you know. And where about. are you?
0: Where are you now? Sorry.
1: So I do accounts. So I'm a coffee Accounts, coffee. So basically, anyone who needs our coffee. Canberra and- or Sydney. Canberra. So Canberra, nice, Bang, Canberra. nice. I've been waiting Got for this job to come up for a long time. Um, so. Congrats, you know, man. Matt Lewin. It's actually Matt Lewin's job. I took his job before he moved to Melbourne. Um, Got you, yeah. Yeah. So I used to do a similar.
0: Yeah. I I used to do a similar job for well, Toby's estate down here in Melbourne. So I get you, and and I think there's so many benefits for someone like you because you're such a sponge of knowledge. You know, you wanted to learn how to make those falafels. You wanted to learn what it means to be on the floor. You wanted to learn, you know, how to make the drinks and all the way to coffee. And I think that it makes sense for you to work in, in that spot. You're going to see lots lots of different angles for sure. But something that I like about you and I say hi to Lemby because this is super connected to her, but, you know, you're also very much about being yourself. Um, you know, you got your style. You don't give a flying F about what you post or what you post. And I think it's great. So um, I think that's one of your, possibly one of your trademarks. I would say from, from, from an exterior point of view. Um, but basically you're a barista brewer, account manager, and a content creator. Like what, what would you say now after this journey is your most loved passion? Mm. Cause obviously you're having fun shooting those videos. I can see that.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's pretty funny. We kind of like started a trend of people just pouring really funny um, that was kind of something that I knew I was really just, I think from a young age, I always was someone who wanted to create content and I didn't find, I didn't know what my avenue would it be. I like, I have a personal page that I just post really funny memes on as well that lots of people, you know, a lot of these people don't know about, which is, uh, probably good. <laughs> I have no. a couple of alter egos, but I think my, my favorite, I think my, my passion is people. Um, when it comes really deep down to it. Like, um, for me, the most satisfaction I get is actually uh, guiding other people to reach their goals and their dreams and what they want to do. And I think that's something that I learned so much why by having my own team. And, you know, it's great to have a team that um, stays with you for a long time, but if they're not happy or they're not actually pursuing what they want to do or, you know, achieving what they want to achieve, for me, it's not um, not – not useful. Um, Like my shop, we have this thing in Canberra, everyone kind of does lots of competitions and you see cafes sometimes you go to, they have trophies all on the wall. Like that's something that used to inspire me a lot. Um, For me, the trophies actually don't mean anything anymore, but at the very beginning it did. Um, And that's what really drove my competitive edge to start doing all these competitions. And now getting to that point my whole team is actually won or placed in a competition and put their contribution onto the trophy wall at high road which really kind of they're the they're the moments I actually cherish the most so far in my coffee career like I've been to worlds I've been to these things but it was actually you know watching my baby barista kind of smash me in a competition and I have nothing I can do there's not even it's not even that I'm not trying like they're just better than me and that moment is like whoa you know like this person has so much to give and there's like, there's only so much more. And I think Anthony is such a great example as well, you know, like I'll tell you a story with Anthony the very kind of first time we connected, it was after his first year in comp, he fucked some shit up and he just walked off stage and he didn't know what to do. And you could tell something went wrong, right? He didn't know. And he just like, I just give him a hug and when he's just like, man, he's about to cry. He's trying not to cry. And he's like, man, I, uh, I'm not good enough. This is it. Like, this is before he's working in hospital. And it's kind of like, no, man, like, you're awesome. Like, we, like you can do this. You can work together. And Anthony, even before he came to work for Isaac, he came to Canberra and we had a massive chat about him wanting to move into hospitality. And I said, man, you just need to do what you want to do. And kind of seeing him kind of progress through and then also beat me in the Brewers it's just like, this is the best thing ever. Like I've ne- I've never been happy for someone to beat me besides that guy, you know. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> and, no, I hate it's music. beautiful. I hate it's music. beautiful. Uh, on
0: yeah. that picture, you actually have a big smile. I have seen the picture of, of sending a trophy. and that, that that smile is a first first place kind of smile, and that that this it makes it makes a whole lot of sense because if you actually look at the picture, you think. Because the trophies kind of look the same from far, you know, you're kind of trying to guess which one was the winner, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. from your smile in that picture posted on Vincent magazine, I believe, I thought you were the winner, mm. which is funny. But I think I that. I
1: definitely felt like the winner, man. I definitely did. Which, But it makes a lot of sense
0: because hopefully I wish I remembered the name, but guess what? It's a circle. I mean, the yeah. guy that taught you how to do latte art, you still remember his name? Don? Did you say Don?
1: Yeah, Don Tzu. Yeah, yeah. Don
0: Tzu. No, the guy at the, at the restaurant. What was his name?
1: Oh, yeah, Don. Yeah, Don. Don. Well,
0: guess what? Don probably, possibly felt like that when you started pouring your first love heart, but not even in the middle of the cup. Mm, 100%. It makes a whole sense that you love it because you love the process. And this goes hand in hand with. Uh, with, with what I was asking next, which is you know, I love what you just said, as well as your videos and your creativity, which makes sense that go viral because they're so creative because you know when you think that everybody every, everything has been done in coffee content, you come up with some crazy idea
1: but you're humble crazy stuff I have to release, but i just i'm very anal with video editing and like uh <laughs> That's my I, I, passion, and I hate when the video doesn't look good, but the content's great. So I have to make sure that it's really good. So I have you to might, do it again. It's so dangerous. You might get in trouble. You might get in trouble with me, bro, because
0: I'm pretty. I, I can get quite upset about this shit, bro. Who cares? Don't overvalue <laughs> production, bro.
1: I'll, there's I'll only... You, I'll send you a little snake take. I'll give you the snake take, I reckon. It'll Bro, listen.
0: You. Listen to me, and then we go back to what people want to hear, because this is just you and I. Listen to me. Don't overvalue production, period. I, I'm going to say until the last day that I work on what I do. Like, you just will never know what will work, and there's only one element and one variable that decides that decide what's good or not, which is the market and the audience that's it yeah
1: yeah so yeah,
0: release but going back <laughs> on the question all right all right i know you don't that's all right it's all right we'll get you there uh um we'll I'll reach you later on at the end. but um despite all of it despite you creating a page to get the girls according to mr benedict you strike to me humble as fuck and i think that The new era and the new edge, it should be more about being a humbler than a hustler. Translation. I think that we need to cultivate a culture where being humble is more important. Because this whole hustle-hustle culture has generated a lot of hate, a lot of envious, a lot of jealousy. And you would not have been happy that Anthony won. But really, the real winner was you. On such a higher amount of level. So I think that it's extremely important. So was, I, you know, you were probably very humble in order to have had a team to start with you for two years.
1: Hmm. I think, um, humble is one of those things. Um, when I was younger, I definitely wasn't very humble at all. Um, and there's definitely times even now I catch myself and I think it's just something to be accountable for but um for me it's it's about being transparent and I think it's not about it's not about like hiding your accolades or anything I think we should be embracing, but I think it's all about having no doubt in your mind that think like oh, I hate losing, I can say it to you, so if I'm upset when I lose, you, you know why, because I can say I hate losing. I won't blame anyone or anything else. It's like, it's always up to you to win or lose. But being able to stay humble is kind of being true to yourself. You know, not, you don't want it, anyone to kind of see that bad side. Like it's not, everyone has a bad side, right? Like everyone has something there. Like, but allowing, you know, allowing people to join you on this journey of like, Oh fuck, I actually feel like shit. Like, no, I d- I'm not happy with how this went out. And like, yeah, that third place picture actually means so much more to me than anything else because if a lot of people know, people thought that's my first year. I actually compete three years. No one even knew. The first two years went so horribly that, and I had the same judge, Oliver James, and his feedback to me was that I was not myself. I was too scripted and I tried too hard. And I'm like, I don't know how, I don't know what that means. I didn't know how to fix that. And he said that I was like a cardboard cutout and I wasn't myself and I was really like, that was probably the most challenging thing of my whole life, trying to understand this feedback from him. And I actually got to that point where I didn't get humble and I thought he just didn't like me. And then now looking back on those videos that I have of me doing my comp, I'm like, who the hell is this guy? It's me, but it doesn't look like me, it doesn't sound like me, everything different. This is a process of just growing up into a I think, being a human being. But Oli was actually my head judge in this year, uh, last year's comp. And regardless of the scores or anything, after the after our debrief, he just like, we locked eyes and he just hugged me and he was like, he finally did it. And that was kind of my goal. The whole comp was actually, fuck, fuck what happens. I want to go to nationals, for sure. Like, that was one of my goals, to go to nationals. And while the goal was to, you know, be myself and be happy with my performance on stage, which was both of those things happened, and I was like, this is the best. This year was like the best day ever. Like I nearly cried. Best I nearly cried because I was so happy. I was like, I've never been so happy of Like I was like, I've never been happy of a third place in my whole life. Third place, I'd like. Third place five years ago, me would have been like, damn, get the hell out of here, man. Go back and start training again. But this year, it was just like. Nah, that's fucking amazing, man. I'm so happy.
0: Speaking, like, speaking, speaking of the devil, uh, Anthony just rocked up. Hi, hero.
1: Um, I just gave you the biggest raps of your life, man. You yeah, bro, like, you got to rewatch
0: this. <laughs> you got to it is what you you gotta gotta rewatch say. this, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
0: and whilst we're on the chat, and then I'll, I'll actually close up what you just said. Um, we got D-Train saying that he will be happy to lose to you. And barista, SHM, I love any drinking fruits and water instead of a cup of coffee this time of the day. Um, well, well, I think I was talking to Lem Butler. Uh, Lem was my second or third episode, um, and we're talking about that. And he, he, wrapped, a, he, he wrapped his head around it quite quickly around the fact that those judges were there to help him. Um, and it took him, hey, it took him seven years to become the USA a Barista Champion. Um, you know, and it's such a hard work for, what, 15 minutes? And that 15 minutes define who you are. And and I, I was actually re-listening to him because I'm going to start scripting those these interviews into maybe blog posts because I think people like reading, now everyone likes watching and listening. And as I was re-watching the Lamb Butler one, I stuck on that sentence a few times. and I, re- I rewind it because it was so beautiful. He said, I understood that the judges were there not to judge me, but to help me. And then, well, then he got fourth place in the world, I believe, the, in Dublin. Um, so whilst we are on competitions, so what's your current goal? Obviously, you reach the Nationals. I suppose top three or winning the Nationals.
1: Hmm. So funnily enough, like I set all these goals, like um, before even the regional competition was ideally to be getting to the finals round um, of the competition. Again, my whole life's not riding on it anymore. So, funnily enough, you know, like the motivation coming into regionals was nowhere near the same motivation coming into nationals. Like, the funnily enough, it's actually lower and not in a negative way but me starting a new job and um wanting to do the best that I possibly can be a lot of my time preparing for nationals this year was actually spent working um I definitely had my run through and I was definitely as prepared as possible but I felt like I didn't it didn't feel the same as nationals uh regionals like regionals was like every day after after work I was staying for 4 hours and like yeah, it was crazy. It was like, my training was very crazy. I was ready two weeks before regionals. My coffee was frozen. My tasting notes were locked in. Everything was locked in. And we had a run through with Sasha and Sam and they were like, said it was the best expression of that Panama, that farm their whole life. So it was like, for me, I was like, Holy shit, this is it. I've like, not that I'd won, but I'd already won at that point because I'd prepared to the point that I had that everyone was so happy with what I'd done. And I had not told anyone my biggest issue back in the day used to be watching what other people were doing and then trying to trying to copy them or trying to take as much as I can without maybe innovating on my own. And this is something Gus really helps me with in those, those pivotal moments when he goes, how about you just brew on your own and see what you can come up with with your own kind of innovation. So it's a double-edged sword, right? You can get in your head or you can be really motivated. So at that time, I was really motivated and I came up with a brand new concept. And I'm still working on that concept, but it really changed the way I look at coffee. And I never would have got there if I was kind of just taking my two cents from every other brewer. I think it's a really great thing that everyone brews really differently. And I think everyone kind of achieves the same thing at the end of the day. Um, for me, it's about... It's about the general customer. It's always going to still be about that. And it's about them understanding what we're doing because we go too hard. Um, I always I always slide a bit off track when I talk about these things.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. It's beautiful. It's great. Super good content.
1: Yeah. I don't think I need to finalize what I said. But, yeah, the, the motivation for competition, the goals, finals, and... It still will be, and I think I'm going to come back even stronger because if I'm being honest, any brewers watching, if you are, I haven't done anything since they cancelled the comp because I needed to... I, my brain was actually not good. Like, I wasn't in a good space. Competition does get the best out of you, but it also does um, change you a lot. You know, I was not seeing any of my friends. was not doing anything. I just told everyone, like, sorry, no, comp, like... And you kind of get in this really weird zone where you just kind of like the only thing you focus on. Um, but I think the best advice I can give anyone is um, everyone practices differently. You need to find out what works for you. And wh- when have you made the most progress and what have you been doing? For me, yeah. when I was be making the most progress was actually when I was doing a little bit every single day but what I did coming into nationals was doing massive chunks and it was actually making me worse. So for me, I was like, okay, I need to change a little bit more thing, uh, something little every day. And it's obviously going to amount to something quite great um, and believe, believing it in yourself and not actually caring about what anyone else is doing. That's the person that wins the comp. Usually doesn't get stuck in their head. You know, you need to make the right decisions, but you also need to be, you know, yourself again on the stage and that's kind of what it always comes back to and you you hate to hear it, you go, know, Oh, it's too scripted. Just like I just said that. I made up every single word on that on that script that I that I spoke to you. But you know, there's also moments where I notice maybe you write with your left hand and I'll let you know about that as well. Um these are parts of me that I, I will notice but Sometimes you try, when you try too hard, when you try to impress people, and I still even like, I did a live yesterday, yesterday, (laughs) I did a live yesterday, and just because I knew how many people were going to be watching it, I still got nervous, right, but there was something really great in this live stream, it's the first time in my whole life, someone's recorded me do latte art, and I know people are watching, but I haven't shaved. Every single time someone records, me do latte art. I can't, I can't do it. And just to give people hope out there, to give anyone hope, the very first competition that I did was a almond breeze latte art comp in Ah Ta- uh, Woden. This is like one of my, probably my first couple of weeks at um, cupping room, and everyone thought I was gonna win. It was the worst feeling ever. I went there and I poured, and nothing came out of the cup. I poured nothing, come out, I was so nervous, I didn't even texture the milk. And then I was shaking so much that I couldn't even pour. <laughs> and this is like, I could already pour lots of things at this point, but I still can't. Yeah, when there was people in front of me, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Because <laughs> I, I, I thought think I was someone else that I wasn't. Of course.
0: I mean, give yourself credit, you're a you're, you're baby, you're super young, and you know, I think sometimes we need to step back and remember where we came from. Um, It's about the marathon, not the sprint. You know, at the end of the day, look how long it took Matt, Matt Lewin to win. Look, uh, there's plenty of stories out there. And yet we are so conditioned by society to look, feel, be a certain way. And we do all have, to a degree, higher or less fear of judgment. Um, some people are uncomfortable in front of a video. Some people are uncomfortable about their voice, their looks, their skin, their height, their size and whatnot. Um, and it's difficult. It's, it's, you know, I think that the train mentioned something around health being more important than comps. And absolutely. Um, and I think there's no better time now than realizing how physical and mental health is important because, you know, in, in, a, in a global pandemic where there's literally hundreds of thousands of people in hospitals, uh, millions, we give a lot of things for granted. But then there's a lot of people at home with physical health but not in a good space mentally. And uh, and I think there's still quite a taboo in certain countries more than others. And you're super right. Uh, being yourself is really what will make you win the marathon. But winning the marathon is not what spot you get, but it's actually to get at the end of it. Because going back on the new concept of humbler versus hustler, you know, the hustler maybe is going to start making $100,000 a month straight away when, you know, the handler makes a 1000 But after a year, the hustler is burnt out, fully burnt out on 4 hours sleep. So I think we lost a little bit of contact with nature and the importance of rest, the importance of mi- mindfulness and well-being overall. And I think you're right, to be in the right zone. Do you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I'd say even like um, to go back to your humbler hustler kind of um, thing, a hustler kind of does anything that's possible and anything that they can, which maybe might not be a positive or negative thing um, to get to that end goal. Whereas a humble person might respect the process or respect, you know, respect that there's some things that aren't possible right now with your capabilities or something like that. And I think those things definitely, I think, I've been adopting this kind of humbler mentality towards learning very much lately, kind of going, you know what, you know, fuck all, like I don't know anything. I'd actually, and this, and it, you know, it's a double-edged sword again. Like I kind of have that feeling where I don't know anything when someone asks me stuff about coffee, I'm like, well, don't ask me. But I'm like, well, I do know, I know. I've read, like when we went to Sub-Zero, it was a kind of very, good feeling when people were querying me all these questions and I could actually answer them. Whereas mm. sometimes I felt like I felt like I was getting interviewed when I wasn't doing Sub-Zero. Was, uh, people I was there. About, yeah. Like, I was at They weren't even asking me about coffee. They were just yeah. kind of like interviewing kind of like how, like, why do you do this? Why do you do that? Why do you do this? And I was like, well, yeah, we're doing this because of this and this and this. And like, I got really nerdy with it. And I was like, okay, maybe I do understand what I'm doing. But again, going to something else completely off that, like I start playing basketball recently and I'm really bad, but I'm the kind of person that will pick the very best person that I can see here. And then kind of like, go, I need to, I need to learn everything off this person, but I'm not going to do everything in my power. Like I'm not going to hustle him. I'm going to be humble and go teach me how to do this. And I think, yeah, we're going to talk, think... what do you want to talk about coffee, dude? What do you want to talk about? <laughs> I got you, then. What do you want to ask? I think you might have joined a bit late. We're
0: getting a bit... Okay. This, <laughs> is, this is coffee, but this is coffee on the level. And talking about coffee people, um, to be honest, to wrap, to wrap that concept, I mean, I think many baristas out there should listen to 30 seconds that I've interviewed Scott Rao. And Scott Rao said, ultimately, I'm actually always wrong we all are always wrong on a philosophical demeaning because what we knew about coffee 10 years ago, it's already been debunked. So for Scott Ralph to turn around and say, I'm actually probably very wrong in many ways in all the things that I do and say, uh, it puts things in perspective. So, yeah. Um, now, in terms of, um, well, if, we wanna, if we're going to get into coffee, I'm back. Yeah, you're a you little choppy. Um, so, well, talking about coffees, um, that's all right. We can, we can, we can join. We, we could tune in. IF9, feel free to drop a question, specific question, because coffee is quite a broad topic. Um, what's one of your funniest uh, memories uh, at a cafe
1: when you were working at Barista? Funniest memories at the cafe? Funnily enough... Um, I think the funniest moment in the cafe is on recording and it is the video when I'm pouring onto Sam's head. Um, I've never heard myself laugh like that in my whole life. And I just thought it was so funny. And that video was not scripted yet. Like I genuinely was like, I tell him to tilt his head back more. So he doesn't spill it. And then it just turned out so great and I just laughed because I remember just watching my phone and watching it all spill on his face and laughing so much. I think like the funniest moments are with me and Sam, which is Milk Bender, um, we kind of have that, uh, especially when we're working in the cafe together, was that mentality of just like, we would dance and singing, so funny, you know, like it was always just, <laughs> ever like, the people who own the shop always were kind of like, can't put these guys together, no work gets done. It's just kind of good vibes.
0: <laughs> you, you, guys, you guys are a good pair for sure. All least online, it looks like there's a good, there's a good connection and uh, vibe for sure. And uh, well, you know, even that video that you go, going back on video quality, uh, you posted that and it went viral because I know exactly what video you're talking about. So I was probably yeah. months ago. So, you know, that didn't probably have the best lighting and angle and all of it, and <laughs> you posted it, and it went well. So grab that as an example of you posting more, man. We want to see more mm-hmm. about you. And uh, whilst we're on a funny mood, well, for people watching, I suppose, one of the weirdest coffee order that you received, that you made for someone?
1: Um, man, back in the day, I used to be someone who would say no. <laughs> I used to be that person, but now I... Definitely believe, like, make them whatever they want and get their trust and then move yeah. them on to something else. But if I can remember one off the top of my head, is actually my auntie's order. And it's the most – it's the first um, order that I ever remembered as well. So this is before I even made coffee, before I worked. She used to make me go to the shop and buy her coffee, and she would give me the change so I could buy lollies. And it was a half-strength, weak, decaf, um, skim latte with two equals. <laughs> and that shit, mm, that shit... And you were like, it's for out. my heart, by the <laughs> way. Half strength, weak, decaf, skim, latte with two equals, large. Yeah, just... Yeah, I, I remember, like, I if I messed <laughs> it up, she would be able to taste it as well. But I used to make like burnt milk, like when I used to wake in the restaurant, man. There's some stuff that I wish, like I would never do that stuff again. <laughs> and, uh, and and
0: yeah, I mean, we all had those weird orders. I think I got pictures somewhere of orders that I made. Uh, but I think going back on, on, on more of a level, I think you you'd be a great question, great person to answer this. And uh, what? Because I think what strikes is that you're passionate about coffee, okay? There is no two cents or two, no ifs or buts about it. And that's why it makes you happy and you stuck your ground. So what would you say to the people out there stuck on that good, safe, uh, parents-approved job but they actually wanted to get into coffee? Man, this
1: is a really good question. Um, what I would say to people who are not choosing a conventional career path. um, Luckily enough, my parents, you know, they were very pressuring, but the pressure was if you're going to do something, you have to be the best at it. Whether this is a good advice or not, I think I took that advice and I, I give it to other people. I think any artistic job or any, you know, TFP, modeling, all this stuff, you know, a lot of it's based on politics, obviously, but you need to be the best and put in everything you can at what you want to do. My parents didn't accept the fact that I was a barista, for sure. Um, and it wasn't a bad thing, like they definitely accepted me 100%, like they love me and everything, but maybe someone like my uncle, who was a doctor, was like, so what are you actually gonna do with your life? So what are you gonna do? And then maybe last year or the year before, like kind of all my hard work from those for like nine, ten years that I've been doing in hospitality, I'm traveling every month, going to Queensland, going to Melbourne, going to Sydney, going to, you know, interstate, going to Wagga, going on. So I tra- start traveling and then I start seeing, my uncle lives in Queensland, so I start seeing him every couple of weeks because I'm traveling there for work. And then he goes, okay, so this job isn't just a bit of a mess around. It's kind of like, it's that, it was a very good gratification that I kind of like, my family had finally accepted that, I can make a living no matter what I do. And I think I would say that to not anyone who just does coffee, but whatever you want to do, like I always tell people, that's just like, if you're going to do it, do it properly and be, be good at it, you know, and do the extra stuff. Do the extra stuff that not all the other artists do. And do, like, learn the other thing that other people can't do. Find your niche. Like, that's kind of what it is. Like, you can say my niche is pouring really funny stuff. That's what people know me for or having that funny vibe. It's pretty funny because cool. you, you see that funny vibe online, but then you meet me in person. He's like, why is this guy so serious, you know? People find me think... intimidating in the cafe. They're like, fuck, man, why you, Why do you care if this coffee ran 26 seconds instead of 28? Because like, I do, you know? It's not funny. that I wouldn't, but that's my job, you know? My job's to quality control, so it's kind of like you can have those kind of what people what you see is not always what you get, so you need to Of course, you know, of course. And if I you are and that I person considering that job or considering that thing that might be a little bit risky, you just I know it sounds super cliche, but just like kinda of send it and go for your dreams kind of thing. But And that's cool. Uh, yeah, look, like I don't I wouldn't say this this moment right here was my dreams, but it definitely was a goal for a long time and there's I more think goals I was, that start popping up.
0: You know, I think also what happens to the following question, you know, like my, this is something that my parents always stuck by and I've been very grateful and lucky for, for this. You know, sometimes, you know, I've made decisions in my life, like staying in Australia after, you know, I was seven weeks away from returning back home after nine, 11 months. And I told them, called Turkey on Christmas Day. My brother was 12 then ended up writing and said that his worst day ever in his life was when I told him that I would stay in Australia. <laughs> Poor thing. Um, but, you know, ultimately, whatever the conversation would go, at the end, my mom or my dad would ask the following question. Are you happy? And I think that's all it fucking matters. You know, these whole titles and jobs. And I got caught up, too, when I first was in hospitality, you know, it's like, there's all-rounder, around and then it's like, 2IC, and there's supervisors, you know, mm-hmm. floor manager, floor runner, head barista, junior barista. and it's like, ultimately, no matter what you are, who you are, if you're happy, it doesn't matter what the pay comes out, if you can survive, and it doesn't matter what the job is, because guess what, eight, nine times out of ten, every single job, it's about people.
1: Yeah, and... To be honest, you might be making an extra 30k a year, probably half of that comes out of the tax. And uh, I think a lot of people that don't realize about hospitality is most hospitality people don't pay for coffee or drinks anywhere. Like I barely do. I really try to, but you know, it's just something that you just kind of learn to kind of roll with. Um, you get discounts, you get everything, it kind of all evens out in the end. hundred um, percent. I, I wouldn't end and the hours.
0: Life. The lifestyle, you know, like most baristas, like in Queensland, for example, I went up to see a customer uh, with my agency and I didn't know this, but I was driving around with one of the boys and um, it's a coffee roaster from Queensland and uh, we, were, we were visiting some of their customers and he's like, oh, we got to hurry up. And I'm like, what do you mean? It's like 1.30. He's like, man, here shop shuts at 1.30 p.m. And I was like, uh, what? So, yeah. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. Like, here you are stuck until 5, 6 p.m., 30, 40, 50K more, but you spend more money on certain substances because you're stressed as fuck. Um, you know, you can't cultivate certain relationships, and here you, you buy, are a barista.
1: into the lifestyle, though, like, you know. 100%? Everyone's, everyone's a consumer of something, and I think the more money you make, the more you consume, so... Whether that's something you want to do or not, that's fine. I think the necessities is maybe just living in your own house and living um, you know, living comfortably. I think that's personal. But it shouldn't be paycheck to paycheck. But it shouldn't be like, oh, I need to have like, – I, I hate – people probably hate me for this, but I don't care about cars. I don't care about – everyone knows me. I'm like the kind of person – I really like clothes, but I always buy secondhand. Unless I'm supporting one of my friends. Um, but like, I don't actually care about material things much or at all. Um, Look, so you, you, you're it, talking. If, if you're into it, for sure, like, I don't think it's a bad thing, but you need you're to talk like that You're get talking to the right
0: person, you know, like, I'm, I'm, this is going deep now, but I think I like where we're going because I think it's super relevant. Um, You know, it's funny how, for a non-English speaking person, so it's funny how consuming also can be turned as consumed. I think that lots of people by consuming consume themselves into crumbs. Um, And I I, I find it quite ironic that it's the same verb grammatically speaking. Um, And then, yeah, I came across some, good videos and good people, good mentors around minimalism and the whole less is more. But look, even with minimalism, it feels like, oh, it's a cult. It's not really a cult. It's more, hey, if you love reading like my mother does, you can have a library with thousands of books. If you love coffee, you can have your AeroPress pour over and, uh, uh, I don't know, fair espresso. That's and
1: what My kitchen looks
0: like it's not good. That's cool. That's cool. You know, like, that's fine, but you're right, we buy into the lifestyle, but I think it's important to don't buy into society, because if you're happy, because you get the chance to travel more, because you're on a casual ship, because you get a chance to finish at three o'clock and, you know, go to the gym when it's quiet, or go to the beach when everybody else is working, because you can and surf, and have the lifestyle. I think it's just as great as other freelancing options, but... You actually get a salary, and luckily in Australia, it's quite decent. You can make a living out of it, but mm. you need also to be ready to adapt. Maybe you don't need a fancy car because you can catch public transport, or you can ride a fixie. Maybe you can ride on your skateboard or whatever push bike that you got in your in your garage. Yeah, but I think it comes down to that fear of judgment. Who cares if people turn around and say, well, you shouldn't be wearing pink sweaters because it doesn't look good. Who cares? I mean, you can turn around and say, well, girls, girls get the girls, you know? Like, ah, wh- what about your hair? You know, it's like, it's a never-ending battle for people pointing fingers. But something that I learned very kindly years back is, um, and I'm glad that I'm filming this, um, something that no one realizes is that when you point finger at someone, there's actually three fingers pointing back at you.
1: <laughs>
0: You're right. I know. So before you point one finger, look at the three pointing at you and think, okay, what's, what am I not doing right or wrong?
1: Hmm. I think that's a really good... Awareness.
0: Analogy. Awareness, brother.
1: That's a really good analogy. And I think I started to adopt that skill when I was working in the high road. Some things would always go wrong and it would really frustrate me. I really like to run a tight ship. Um, And I started doing this thing, right, um, where before if I had an issue, I'd have to think of actually, funnily enough, three solutions to that particular problem, even if it's not my fault, right? But it's always my fault. So I had this kind of mentality of, you're the manager, it's always your fault. So that was kind of the first thing. But then you think of three solutions. Nine times out of ten, one of those solutions is actually good. But then let's just say someone's lazy and doesn't do something. I think of a solution to stop that person from being lazy without telling them they're being lazy. Maybe I implement a new system, you it's kind of like you allow your higher self to ask the question, Is there something you could have like this is the question, is there something you could have done to prevent that thing from happening? Nine times out of 10, you put yourself in a situation. If you put yourself in a situation for someone to let you down, it's your own fault because you let that happen. You know, you can't let, you can't rely on other people for you. I wouldn't say to be happy, but I would say for you to be living the dream, right? If I'm, that'd be like me saying, why don't I have 20,000 followers that's because Lambie has taken all my followers or something like that. I could say something like that, but the reality is I just don't post as much, and maybe I don't post enough content, or maybe I'm not engaging enough. And like, or maybe I can ask or maybe all these you, questions, right? Yeah. I mean, for me,
0: this being my industry combined with my coffee, uh, it's very simple. The answer: yes to what you just said about not posting enough, and two is overvaluing production. It's very simple. But mm. what you talking about to sum up one word it's accountability but because of the sense of entitlement that we have well you know like expectations and entitlement then uh, we're no longer accountable for our own actions so hence the pointing fingers but it's straight towards us so 100% I agree man and look um first first things first um, when are you next coming to Melbourne (laughs)
1: like um Well, now that I know that you can drive there, I'm very, very inclined to go. I really want to see Kirk. I really want to see the kind of... Kirk is on tomorrow, by the way. Hey? Kirk is on here tomorrow evening. Yeah, I know. We we chat on the phone often. Um, We're kind of in love. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah, like, I pretty much... I'm one of those people who hates driving. I really suck at it.
0: Oh, and you picked up a job where driving is like 90% of
1: it. <laughs> That's the thing. I love driving in my hometown. Canberra, I don't know if you've ever been there, but there is zero traffic. All right. All right. the longest time you ever in the car is 15 to 20 minutes. No. That's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I would cry if I had to. Yeah. Let's do a road trip. Anthony, I'll I'll, I'll sit in the car with you and you can drive and we'll we'll go straight, straight to this guy's house. Yes.
0: Yes. You can crush Coffee. here. I mean, we'll make it work. Um, Coffee, yeah, cool.
1: Quite soon, so I'm definitely going to be going down there quite close to the time they open or if, when they open, um, just to support and, the team and then maybe even make a few brews. Who knows? Um,
0: yeah, I, I love, I love that. No, that day that I, yeah, that abacus was good. Um, and I think it's all a small world, you know, Abacus is one of the guys and team that I look after. Um, and then you guys were there and then you are here today and Kirk was here. It's, it's all connected. It's beautiful. Um, but funny enough, we talked for 55 minutes, um, which is crazy. It's always like this. This shit fucking flies and Instagram shots at a bloody 30 seconds marker. Um, so before it finishes um first of all it's open mic in terms of if there's anything that you left off the table that you want to say a plug-in whatever you want to say please do but also what's next on Henny's planet is usual my final question Mm
1: -hmm. there's nothing um there's nothing i haven't hidden anything from anyone but um I'm looking at putting together a website and um, maybe providing some sort of free coaching this year for anyone who wants to compete. And I'm going to start making my, I do experiments every week, but I'm going to start be posting them online uh, on the YouTube. So I will be starting to pop up my content, um, more hopefully, um, I find that I'm really hot and cold I need to actually just uh, not do it based off emotion but do it more based off um just having a bank of content and just kind of releasing it uh, one and one at a time. I'm probably the shittest out of all copy people in no. social media of posting. I Bro, you, I'll post you, like you, 10 times in a row in one day and then won't post in you, 6 months. <laughs> I know. Look,
0: it's it's actually yeah, if you want, you can give me a buzz. But yeah, I'm very happy to jump on the phone of me,
1: bro. Yeah, man, definitely. I always, I always love getting help.
0: <laughs> Get yeah, I'm um, please like, re- re- yeah, for real. But you know, pro- you know, you can document the process too, man. The how to, the story, your personal story, that storytelling, actual tutorials, uh, bloopers. And then you got infinite platforms, uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, LinkedIn, Vine, but Twitter, like, uh, that's okay. You're going to get there. I'm sure.
1: Yeah. But a lot of people have been pushing me to open up these uh, kind of accounts and I open them and then I'm like, ah, oh. but I, I think it's more to do with time management. So I need to actually dedicate some serious time to make it very serious and, um, the website's yep. almost done. I've been designing it myself. Uh, cool. It's more about just getting my thank yous and partners all put in with their right word in mind. And i um, also deciding, you know, why is someone going to come to this page a little bit more as well? Uh, what are they going to be looking for and how are they going to find it? Um, so it's just a bit more of that, those things, um, asking the real questions. So I'm just not popping something up because I can, you know. I really do put a lot of thought into a lot of things that I do but I also like shit posting. So you sometimes get just random stuff from me as well. that I'm so, I'm feeling good. I'm going to put a dance video up on my barista page because I can. Because what are you going to do? 100%,
0: 100% man. No, for real. Like there's, there's people, there's so many examples out there in the social media world where people posted something that they were not going to post and then that blew up. And it's not again about fame or again about numbers or likes and getting caught up with engagement it's about hey if you can make one person laugh if you can teach one person how to brew and now it's bloody 27 seconds you're winning like Anthony wants. so anyway i hate it when it cuts at 21 seconds thank you for hopping on brother and please hit me up for any social media advice obviously free and love to have a chat and to see you in melbourne with anthony and the crew
1: yeah man we'll link up soon thanks so much for having me um, and thanks everyone for watching, you checked in. Shout out to SHM.